Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Who said that? Who the f said that? Is it Tommy F? Phone's for you. I think it's the devil. Who are these f***ing guys? Is it Tommy F? We'll go to the loony bin together. It's a lot of nonsense. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest man. Welcome back to another episode of the Total BS Podcast. We got somebody new in the house this week, replacing Justin Spears, who's out probably in the middle of Mission Bay out in San Diego. I don't know where he's at. Uh, but Corey Williams from ESPN joining us to, the, uh, to his piece. What's up? Not much, man. How you doing? Happy to be here. Good. Good. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, you're going to be my ride or die uh, through the next hour. So uh, we'll see how yeah. this goes. All right. That, that replacing <laughs> Justin Spears, I don't think that's possible. Those are some big shoes to fill. So I'm just, you know, <laughs> filling in, just filling in. For sure. All right. Let's get it. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool. It's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack. You just sound whack rapping after us. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. And as a reminder, you can find us on iTunes uh, the day after we run these live streams. Uh, you can find these live streams, obviously, if you're watching us, you're probably on Facebook or YouTube or even on uh, Twitch. You know, we, we, we try to go all the way around the board there, Corey. So, Corey, what, what, what's been new in your life lately? Nothing is damn quarantine, just sitting at the house working. You know, my work day is kind of however you make it now. But I'm fortunate I got a job where I can kind of work from home. So just waking up, going in the office, and then five o'clock, walking out of the office. So, but it's cool because you can put naps in your day now. I couldn't do that when I was in the office. So I can I can schedule <laughs> naps in when I need them, when appropriate. <laughs> the most underrated part of this quarantine for sure. Oh, oh I, yeah. I feel you on that for sure. <laughs> well, you know, obviously, you know, you're a sports guy. You 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 play college basketball. You play professionally overseas. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, and everybody's trying to put their, you know, they're trying to get a grasp on this. And I think, depending on who you talk to, you either get optimism or you get pessimism, and uh, you just don't know which way this is going to go uh, flow. With both Major League Baseball and the NBA, I'll, I'll, I will focus on those two because those are the two that are right here on the precipice of starting their leagues. Uh, Major League Baseball this week um, came back. They had uh, a 1.2% testing rate in terms of players that tested positive for the coronavirus, which I think, all in all considered, I think that's a pretty good rate. Um, David Price, however, decided to opt out this this week. Uh, Mike Trout has been rumored to, to be thinking about opting out. A lot of stuff in the air. Um, with the NBA specifically, you got the NBA shutting down three facilities with uh, the Bucks, the Clippers, the Nuggets, all shutting down their practice facility because of COVID concerns, uh, meaning at least one person had tested positive for the virus. And then Tabo Cephalosha is out. DeAndre Jordan's out. Uh, Spencer Dinwoody um, got COVID, but he's still undecided whether or not he's going to play or not. Wilson Chandler has opted out. Man, this is a, there, there's a lot to really try and take in. If if you're an athlete, how are you trying to process all this? It's, it's difficult because I try to put myself back in the days back when I was playing. And how would I process this? And I was always aware of the fact that I was an athlete and um, <clears throat> I was in my window. 
You know, every athlete has a window of time where your body's at its peak and you got to make it happen. And I feel so on, I feel so sad for these current athletes because this is happening during their window. Whether you were a college kid about to go pro, whether a young rookie or a young second or third year player in the NBA trying to play for that contract year, this is a huge psychological block because you're in, you're all systems go. You're living and breathing your sport 24 seven. And then all of a sudden it comes to a halt and you got to train for the uncertain. See, normally athletes train, there's a game coming up or a season about to start or a series about to start. So trying to train with no, with nothing in the forefront is kind of difficult mentally, but I feel bad for guys because like I said, this is unprecedented. Um, everyone's reaction to it is different. We're all different people. Everybody's pain tolerance is different. Everybody's risk tolerance is different. So you're seeing a lot of different reactions to the situation. Um, how do you focus on basketball when public health, your own personal health, the health of your loved ones, when all that is a concern, that is very difficult to do. You know, you don't play basketball in a vacuum, but it, it's hard to do. But, you know, you, you talked about preparation, right? I mean, it's preparation on many different levels. You're preparing for a season that could or could not happen. You're preparing for a season where there is a very real chance that maybe you get sick yourself and have to sit out for two weeks. You know, I think in 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 basketball's case and 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 even baseball, you know, in basketball, you know, you're probably you're probably playing about what two or three games a week, maybe four at the most. You know, where baseball, you miss two weeks, you just miss like a, a sixth of the season because that's you know that's twelve games. Yeah, you know what I mean, so it's it's a it's a drastic mindset. I, I call it a, a mind f because you just you just don't know, you just don't know, and so you're you're preparing for the unknown. And, and to go along with that, to kind of piggyback off what you were saying. Can you imagine the minefield, I'd say to call it, of, of, of possibilities? Your starting point guard is with you one night, and then he contracts COVID, and he's gone. And now, I mean, everybody from coaches, scouts, to the people in Vegas got to reset the odds because this guy's out. This guy's coming back. Um, we would have beat you had our guy not gotten sick. Like, all of that mystery that's getting thrown into it is just absolute chaos. It's so, un so much uncertainty. But yet you still see people who love sports, who are involved in sports. Sports is their livelihood. They're trying to resuscitate sports at the same time as they're trying to be uh, responsible about it. You know, I, I, it's easy for people out there to say, oh, well, you know, if I get it, then, you know, I'm young, I'm good, whatever. You know, I'll be OK with this and kind of just say these are top notch athletes. They should be in the prime of their lives. Health wise, they should be at the top the peak of their conditioning, like who cares if they get it, just keep playing. But on the other hand, you got, you got guys, you got people around the world that appear to be healthy and all of a sudden just pass away because of COVID. And obviously they have, they might have some underlying issues, but it's that fear of the unknown. Right. <clears throat> and, and honestly, per personally for me, my son, uh, his aunt passed away this week on Tuesday. Oh. She was she was healthy, no underlying issues. Uh, she was a bit, you know, maybe on the heavier side, but you know, she she'd been tested. She was feeling a little, you know, she had a little bit of a cold. Came back home on Tuesday night, said she had a little bit of a sniffles, but she felt pretty good. Otherwise, didn't wake up Wednesday morning. Oh wow, that's and, and 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 that's the first person that I know personally that has contracted the virus and has passed away from the virus. So that's like right there. And it's, yeah. it's the, and it's that fear. 
It's that fear of the unknown that people are very much undervaluing, I feel like, to a degree. Man, you just don't want to play around with this stuff, you know? No, you really don't. And when you look at it, what are the things worth risking your life for? Obviously, a lot of people feel like your family um, and, you know, is your most important priority being safe, being healthy. And to the average NBA basketball player, they've got enough money to sit back and wait until there's a vaccine. There's no immediate danger to them financially. So what's the push to get other people back working, get other people back getting a paycheck again, get this thing rolling? Because as much as America needs its sports and entertainment um, as some type of relief from this pandemic quarantine situation, the people involved are looking at the risk to themselves personally and, and, and not to really look at professional athletes. I look at the people at the grocery stores, the people on the front lines who are crucial to the country just operating they are in situations where they really have no choice. I mean, yeah. if you're a cashier, you're you're exposing yourself to six, seven hundred people a day, and you're doing that for not even one one percent, one tenth of one percent of what a what a professional athlete is pulling yeah. down. So I, when these when these pro guys say, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out, I, I could see why they would do that. You know, I, I, it's just it's just so crazy. You know what I mean? It's, how do, how did we get from a point where? where this country was, it seemed like, you know, we were starting to flatten the curve and then all of a sudden all hell has broken loose in the last couple of months. And the thought that in the midst of all this, this explosion, now we're going to try and bring sports back. And that's, man, that's, that's a dangerous game to play. And it'll be interesting to see if these teams can actually carry through and actually get to a point where they can carry on a season. You got baseball is supposed to start in about three weeks three weeks from this past Friday and, uh, and basketball the week after that, uh, TBT has started. The, the basketball tournament has started and even, uh, one team, I, I, I forget, I'm forgetting the name, but one team had 10 out. players. What was that? They pulled out. Are you talking about the team? That pulled no, out? no, it, it was, uh, they had 10 players, but then three of them got COVID. And so yesterday they're playing, uh, Philadelphia and they got two dudes on the bench. Like, you know, and so Philly just ran him out the gym towards the end and finally won the game. It's like, oh, man. And, and the three guys, who knows at what stage they were in. So who did they play against? And it's just like you said, it's a big mess. Um, having played basketball all my life, I can tell you it's a very up close and personal game. Oh, yeah. You po posted me up where, you know, the coming off screens, defending, fighting your way. I mean, you're bumping and grinding and sweats flying around with all 10 guys on the floor. There's it's it's much more of a physical game than it used to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, one person on the basketball court has the potential to infect several other people in just a few moments. So it's going to be very difficult. I, for one, am, I'm happy that they're attempting to do it. I think their approach has been logical. Um, I've been down to Orlando. It's an amazing facility. Um, so I'm very curious because I think they're trying to do the right thing and they're trying to be mindful of the situation. For the athletes that have some reservations, I don't judge. For the athletes that are all on board and want to go play, I don't judge. I think um, having something to watch um, would be great for a lot of sports fans, although um, a lot of people will also say it's not the priority for the country right now. So. Yeah, I, shit. You think I don't want to? I want to see sports, man. You know, what I mean? yeah. like, man, exactly. I, if I have to do one more honeydew project around this damn house, I'm gonna lose my shit. You know what I mean? Hey, like, <laughs> I got so much stuff done, man. I remodeled. I've been painting. I got the office cleaned out finally. 
I'm cataloging DVDs and old U of A footage. And the, I mean, I got everything reorganized. So I've been taking full advantage. Of the I keep telling. I keep saying to everybody, if you if there was things that you thought, you know, even on a professional level, you know, skills that you wanted to undertake, things that you wanted to get better at, if you didn't do it during this quarantine, it's never going to happen. Oh, it's man, never going to happen. I could have learned French, Spanish and Portuguese, you know, <laughs> a little Rosetta Stone or something. I could have been real international by now, you know, I but I didn't I didn't go for that. <laughs> if out of the two sports leagues, baseball and, and NBA, I think you and I could probably agree that the NBA has the more controlled plan, right? Because they, their players aren't leaving and coming back from their houses and stuff of that. Um, How, how secure do you feel like the NBA plan is in its entirety? I think the plan on paper is extremely secure. When you factor in human nature of just, you know, 400 guys or not 400 guys, but a good portion of the NBA in one location spread out all having to play by the rules. Um, it's been interesting to go back to your point earlier. Um, Americans' attitude towards the quarantine. It started out, but then it faded. And you talk to a lot of people and you can see in, in the media, the question is, what do we owe each other as citizens? What's the social contract? What's the responsibility we have to each other? I wear a mask not only for my parents, but for the people working in stores. I don't really care how it makes me look. It doesn't bother me. I'm looking at the person that's working to earn a living and they don't have to be at risk with me. I pay, I do it out of respect to them almost. The question with the NBA would be, how many of these guys are going to stay put in the hotel? How many of these guys are not going to be trying to sneak in uh, VIP personnel, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are they going to play by the rules? You can have the greatest plan on paper, but when a, when a millionaire wants to do something, it's probably going to get done. So, so, you know, you got the hundreds of millionaires all kicking it. You can give them all the games and all the Xboxes you want, but eventually the bubble may have to be uh, burst a few times. Then we'll see how they, I don't know how they're going to do that, man. I really don't. You know, I can't help. I love J.R. Smith. I love J.R. Smith to death, but I just couldn't help but think oh. <laughs> my man's going to go to the bubble and LeBron's going to be like one week out from the championship. And all of a sudden some dumb stuff is going to happen. And J.R. Smith's going to be involved somehow, some way. And he's just going to have that same look he did in game one of the NBA Finals back in 2016. He he knew he was sick, and he sipped on the wrong water bottle. And now LeBron misses the Finals. That's going to be something goofy like that. Oh, But, I mean, we laugh and we joke because, like you said, these guys are young and strong, and hopefully most of them would come out well if they did contract it. But still, um, the NBA's got an image issue, too, because the moment – they look like they're throwing caution to the wind and ignoring the numbers and acting irresponsibly, there will be public backlash. I mean, I love sports. I love it so much, but I don't want to see anybody risking their health or their family member's health just to entertain me for 48 minutes. I'll go on Netflix if I have to. I understand from an athlete's perspective. Now, your diehard fans, they want to see the NBA and they, they don't care. But I think most people, because it's affecting everybody, people can be compassionate about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, we missed this earlier, but Jody Jackson saying what up to, to Corey and, and myself. And oh, then yeah. our boy Justin Spears, he might be gone in person, but not in spirit because my man just said he picked up another gold chain during this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> He's building his collection. You know, <laughs> hey. 
I'm telling you like this. This is the Justin Spears formula. The stimulus checks went out. I don't know if he got one or not. But there's a lot of people at good old times pawning that gold jewelry. So Justin probably did come up on some chains and stuff. People out of work, the economy dipping. He's at the pawn shop getting lovely right now. That's and right. Tijuana is just right down the street. Now, let me ask you this. Now, Justin had a birthday, right? Yeah, yesterday. So I, I just yeah. found I'm, I'm late, but check it out. Yeah. Like, okay, so and, Justin and, and and his dad, who, okay, who, so who's, who's passed away, but they right. shared the same birthday. Right. Yeah, yeah. So Justin had the birthday, so I was kind of caught off guard because you know, dudes, we don't keep track of each other's birthdays. No. I find no. out from Facebook, like, oh, Justin. But I, you know, I remember when uh, I was in LA shortly after Kobe passed, and I got him some gear. You know, some oh. Kobe. I'm just going to re-gift this for the birthday. Because <laughs> I'm saying, like, what? I hope he's not watching. But, yeah, I got his, I got his birthday coming. I got you, big dog. I got you. Hey, look at, hey Justin's typing right now. I know it. Oh, I know hey, he's typing just, away right now. I got the Kobe. Look, man, I got the Mamba hat, you know, the 24. I got the. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful Justin, right there, yeah, man. Justin, I got you covered, baby. Happy Ooh, birthday. There yeah, you go. For Mr. Spears, well, we there really do. We appreciate Justin, man. That's Justin what I'm talking. Hey, that's a true friend right there. That's a true yeah. friend right there, Justin. Yeah. Well, how about that? Well, yeah, he just passed his Kobe year. He was 24. Now he's 25. Yeah. So uh, rough year uh, on. And if the Lakers don't pull it off, Justin and Terrence and all them dudes will be crying. All the Lakers nation is going to be. It's their best chance at it, man. That's it. That's it. Best uh, at it. It's crazy. Hey, but you know, hopefully he's not disappointed this year, but. A disappointing comment today. We're going to transition a little bit to Mr. Asante Samuel. I don't know why this dude decided to do or to say what he wanted to say today, uh, but uh, I'm going to share with you his tweet uh, today. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm having a little technical no, no difficulty right here. Um, but yeah, Mr. Asante Samuel today on Twitter decided to question the authenticity uh, authenticity of which Daryl Green should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't understand why he decided to do that, but, um, you know, he, he basically said, with all due respect, uh, you know, can someone explain to me why Daryl Green is considered a great? He played 19 years and was mostly a nickel back, 54 interceptions in 19 years. Talk to me. Well, if we go by just those stats, then, yeah, he's just an average cornerback, maybe, you know, uh, you know, uh, an all pro level or pro bowl level cornerback, but that's about it. But we're not talking about just stats because, Corey, you and I both know because one of our favorite DBs of all time, or at least one of my favorite DBs of all time, just happens to play or happen to play for America's team in Mr. Deion Sanders. And how many times did that ball get thrown to his side? If you wanted, right. to, if you wanted to give the Cowboys some points, you could <laughs> throw it over there. But if you yeah, weren't trying right. to yeah. – I mean that that's true, very true. I, and I think Deion Sanders is the best lockdown corner of all time. Oh yeah, no question. Of all time, no question. Fifty-two um, interceptions in his career, which is less than Daryl Green, and Dion is the best of the best. Right. And so the, what is Asante Samuel even talking about? Well, you got to consider the source. First of all, the guy's trying to make a play for being in the Hall of Fame. So my point is this. You can say something positive about yourself without bringing somebody else into it. I was very disappointed to see that. It's like backwards macking. You don't have to talk about the next man. Just talk about how good you are. And you're going to go after somebody who won the Walter Payton Award, which is a total humanitarian award. So he's got the stats. He's got the good guy piece to his resume. He's in the Hall of Fame. You don't need to talk about him. 
if your numbers in 11 years are comparable to his in 19, I think they eventually will see that. But I think the way he made his statement was very off-putting to a lot of people because A, it would seem like it was out of the blue, and B, you're trashing a legend for no apparent reason. And then lastly, and this is one of the things you and I discuss all the time, you're talking about his numbers when he played versus your numbers and you just finished up, right? Or if he's still playing, I don't know. No, he's been done for a little bit. You've been done for a little bit. So was it like a five or six year wait before you get into the Hall of Fame? Five years. Pipe down, like relax. You know, you may get in in a while, but you don't need to trash a legend. And here's the thing that bothers me the most about it. When Daryl Green hung it up, those was outstanding numbers for his era. When you look at the landscape of football, it was not even a question. So you can't penalize him for being the best of his period. They made a decision based on where he was at that time in reference to NFL history. NFL history has had another 20, 25 years top put on top of that now. So mm-hmm. now you're digging back and saying, oh, you're not nice. Well, Saul, there was a time where 20 points a game was an extremely impressive average for an NBA player. Yeah. Yeah. If a guy was considered great in that era, now that everybody's scoring 20 points a game, it doesn't diminish the fact that he was among the best of his time. So to me, the whole situation was just politically wrong. I think he's going to pay a price for going after a legend. I don't think journalists appreciate that. I think when somebody achieves fame and it's kind of noted and they get their gold jacket, it's a wrap. You can't, they're almost like in the mafia. They're untouchable. Just leave them alone. You know, you know? I, I view it as like, you know, how many times have you, have you met a girl, right? And she maybe she has a guy that maybe she's kind of dating or whatever, but mm. you're also trying to date her. You never get points by dogging the other dude. Not at all. Because she's yes. gonna think whatever she's gonna think. She's gonna, you gotta, you, know you gotta, you gotta be willing to compete, and you gotta be willing to take an L. But you can't be bringing up the next man's name on your no. date. Like, hey, so no. what's with Fred? You know, no. my my clothes are nicer than his. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So because he's in your head. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, the funny thing about it is there are so many more venues available to today's athlete with social media and vlogs and all these things that you could actually hire someone to begin the Asante Samuels Hall of Fame campaign and let it gain organic steam online, let the media hear about it, put your highlights up there, your stats up there, and sell yourself. But he went the exact opposite route. He wanted to tear someone down in a tweet, and I'm thinking to myself, Daryl Green didn't have all these marketing opportunities you have. Yeah. And, and lastly, if you don't get in, this is, the, this is really what I think. If you don't get in the Hall of Fame, are you really that mad? Do you want to exchange paychecks with Daryl Green? <laughs> Do you want to exchange no. net earnings over the career with him? Yeah, no. So what, what is you crying about? Yeah. You were playing in the NBA when it's been in the NFL when it's been in its most profitable. Your lifestyle, the money you've earned, is because of players like him making the NFL the global brand that it is, bringing bringing the revenue, making it a popular sport. So at the end of the day, you want a yellow jacket. He's already got one. You're trying to trash him, but let's not let's be clear. You don't want his paychecks. He took the same abuse you took. Probably even more so because the game was a lot rougher back then. His body took the same abuse, took the same punishment, but you getting paid five, six, seven, maybe ten times more. Seems like no one's no one's really listening to Mr. Samuels on this one. Yeah. Not me, at least. Daryl Green also won multiple Super Bowls and was a kick and punt returner. Kick I and mean, punt returner, multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, one of the fastest men in the league. 
to the I think he even, like two more times. You remember uh, uh, Superstars, the Superstars Challenge? Oh, or yeah. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on. He, I think he won that a couple times. Hey, hey, neck for neck, Daryl Green and Bo Jackson. Hey, that was something to watch. That's something to watch. And you know, that's the thing that's also frustrating is like all this information is available to you. Yeah. Just read before you start tweeting. Yeah. You, I, mean, I imagine he played and they played in the NFL. He talked about him playing in the nickel coverage. Okay, I get that. But still, you know, bringing some, trying to bring someone else down to advance yourself, it just doesn't really work too well. Yeah. I mean, speaking of uh, trying to change things, I and mean, Asante Samuel clearly needs to, and especially his view on things, um, I think the the country is starting to, to, to change a bit. I think in the last month, month and a half, that's been clearly the case, whether you like it or not. I'm not going to go down the whole, you know, racism <laughs> and black and white and all this other stuff. But I think the the pressure has been ramped up quite a bit on things that were culturally inappropriate. And uh, one of those names is the Washington Redskins. And uh, as we were just talking about Daryl Green, uh, who played for the Washington Redskins, uh, the Redskin name has has come with a lot of controversy. And, you know, Dan Snyder uh, said that this week he was going to sit with Ron Rivera and talk about how they can possibly either move forward and change the name or do something to that degree. And that brings up many, many other teams, uh, the Indians, for instance, the Chiefs, the Braves, uh, for for lack of a better way of going about this, Corey, your your impressions on the the state we're in right now in terms of changing the mindset of what we should be accepting and what we shouldn't be um, especially when it comes to a brand that represents a lot of people yeah it's a definitely it's a it's one of the nfl's most um in terms of work one of the most valuable franchises in the nfl if not in the entire world i think the redskins are up there globally with other franchises in terms of net worth and ultimately, I think when you look at these situations and you're trying to have a connection with the public, every business has to have a connection with the public. And you want to do conduct business in a way that gives you access to the most people, whether it's the NFL and the Shield or the NBA or Major League Baseball. So then it comes to the question of that I always get stuck on is when you realize that there's a certain group of people out there that have a problem with the way you're conducting business or the way you're representing your team. I get caught on the why. Why are you fighting to hold on to that? What's the value in, I, other than pure ego, I never understood what the value is in fighting against something like that. I'm from Illinois and people can Google this all day long. There's a city called Pekin, Illinois. And for years, their mascot was the Pekin Chinks. You can go look it up. Their logo was an extremely racist cartoon figure, Chinese man, the Pekin Chinks. They had that logo clear through the 50s, 60s, I want to even say to the early 70s. Then they changed it to the Dragons, and then it's been changed completely. And unfortunately, our country has a history of marginalizing people of color, things that were common and acceptable as values have changed, those things have lagged behind. And you know, now that we're at a point where people just simply won't accept what they used to, if you're going to do business in 2020, you need to somehow acknowledge that. And I think for the Redskins, it's pretty much a closed case. They're going to have to 
do something with that name and that image. Hey, I'm not my, Native American, and I look at it and I'm offended. Like, really? The, hey, the Redskins? It, it, like, it's not only that, but once it starts hurting the pocketbook, right? When you got yeah. FedEx, the the largest outside of Amazon delivery system in the country, telling you, hey, uh, yeah, we think you should change the name, and then Nike refusing to sell your gear on their site. Hey, those are two big time players that will get your attention right away. Um, so what, whatever the motivation is behind actually looking at changing this, Daniel Snyder's had 20 plus years to change this. Like right. this isn't something new, but now that, you know, we were in a, a period of social change and, and, a, and a really hot point right now in the country where people are demanding this and they're no, no longer just saying they want it and then kind of backing down, you know, they right. are saying they want it and they're following through with their message. And I think the Redskins are, are I, I would be surprised if they don't change it. I, w- I really would. I think it'd be very hard for them to defend the position of we're going to keep the name. I think um, because everything's so politically charged these days, they have to be responsive. They have to be respective of whoever they're trying to do business with. In this case, it's the American people. And it's about a story that everyone knows. I mean, the history of Native Americans and is not anything that's been a secret in our country. And it's just like, why would you hold on to that if you didn't have to? I mean, you're going to get to sell all this new merchandise. You got to put a new logo on the helmets. And I can't really see much else that it's going to be how, how, that, how complicated that is versus every Sunday you're going to have protests. You're going to have demonstrations. The NFL is going to receive negative press in a crucial year trying to play through a pandemic. You want to bring this to the table? I got to believe the Redskins are smarter than that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of Washington, (laughs) D.C., you're going to like this transition there, Corey. Uh, we know oh, who's no. in the White House now. Oh, man. Oh, man. I knew, I knew something told me, don't do this to my Sunday night, Saul. So do not do this on my I, Sunday I'll night. be a certain young man by the name of Yeezy. <laughs> I'm sorry, he. Uh, Kanye has uh, officially announced that he is running for president this year, folks. <laughs> Kanye West is in the House. He's on the board for 2020, apparently, even though no other – uh, outlets have confirmed a receipt in terms of him registering to be a candidate. This is the typical Kanye West kind of thing where all of a sudden we have three or four months left to go before the election. And okay, I'm going for president. Like, Oh, I don't even know. To, I don't even know how to take that in. <laughs> so I'm not even going to address the Kanye. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go this route with you. I need you to give me a little room here. You know how every family member got that black sheep in the family. Yes. And then you got that grandmama, no matter what, you know, first he started getting in trouble when he's young. Oh, you know, he's just a little, you know, he got some issues and not my baby. Then he gets his first case and she go to court. Grandma's in there like, you know, we're going to get him right, Lord. And, you know, she praying on him and trying to, and then as he get older, he keep messing up. Well, you know, he had a rough life. And then finally, Grandma even got to give it up. That boy ain't shit. You know, she finally admits (laughs) and she disowned his ass. That's my relationship with Ye. From college dropout, I was rocking with him as a musician. I have all his tracks. I love his music. And then the Kardashian phase, I was like, that boy is special. 
Then he made them yeah. crazy videos, and I was like, oh, Lord. I'm still trying to be family with him. Then he did the whole slavery was a choice thing, and I was like, you know what? That boy got problems. <laughs> then he had to melt down on stage when he was talking about Jay-Z. Then he showed up with the Make America Great Again hat, and that's when I just, that boy ain't shit. He out the family. I had to disown him. I don't, I can't, <laughs> I, he's out the family. I tried to hold on like grandmama. You know how grandmamas always want to say something positive about their family. I'm out. I'm done. Kanye has really yeah. exhausted me, bro. Like for yeah. real. And that, I'm, that's I'm exactly how I feel. Where it's I'm gonna say some things that people may not like, but it's just the truth. I think Obama was the first rock star president, but he was a two-year senator and he taught the constitutional law at Harvard. So he wasn't dumb. He was very new to politics, but the man was Harvard educated and was at least a senator. But he was the first one with the mass appeal, social media, almost like American Idol. He had millions of followers everywhere he went. Big crowd turnout. He used social media. He was a rock star. Then we go from that rock star president to a different kind of rock star president on network television for 20 years. Pretty good at schmoozing people and presenting himself as someone of wealth and authority. In America, the other side of America fell in love with that rock star president. Now, this cat had zero years of experience. He never was sheriff, dog catcher, city council, <laughs> nothing. This is the greatest affirmative action hookup of all time. They just gave him the job like, oh, you ain't never even been a mayor? Here, you can be president. So we done had two rock star presidents in a row. One was Harvard educated. One had a hit TV show. Now Yeezy want to be president because he has some platinum records. <laughs> it's got to stop, Saul. It's got to stop, man. I mean... True, true words have never been spoken on this program before. We're we going to be, you know, 2032 president debating. Come on, man. No. No, America. Yes. America yes. got to pull itself back from the edge because I don't know. I mean, obviously this is, I mean, I guess it's serious. But here's the other thing. Like, you running for president, so to speak, well, if he is, but he's friends with Trump. So obviously, you know, I don't know how, the, how he's going to square that with his, with his boy. But man, I, I heard that and uh, I was crying, absolutely crying. But I'm done, I'm done with Yeezy. I, I don't listen to his music. I don't download, it's, it's a rap. We had a great time from the early 2000s till about four years ago. And sometimes, you know, like you said about the girl, you just gotta close the book. You gotta move on. That's it, man, you gotta move on. You gotta move on. I, I haven't been rocking with Yeezy for, for a couple of years now, so. Uh, and, and, Justin, <laughs> yeah. and Justin was trying to get his shoes a couple years ago, I remember. Oh, he's still trying to get them, Are you kidding me? And, you know, Come Justin, he can have a million birthdays. I ain't never buying him no damn Yeezys. He can forget that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Whew. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, uh, it, it, uh, Trump isn't the first celebrity to, to become president. Ronald Reagan was in Hollywood. Uh, that's so. a good call. Good, it, yeah, yeah that's right. I mean? And so, so you he know, it, there is a history there. But he was and, governor, and I, though, wasn't he? He was governor in he California. Was, he, he, he was. He was governor of California. Now, I will say this, though. Your celebrity status in this day and age of social media gives you an advantage over a lot of your political peers. It oh, just absolutely. does, right? And Trump is pr Trump proved that. Trump proved that. I mean, okay? the, man, the man got his name on buildings. And, and, you know, you go to hotels and his brand, his, his name recognition is through the roof. What, so, whatever your political affiliation, uh, you got to understand, like, some people know how to play the game, 
right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so when we look forward, if there was one person out there that was a celebrity, Corey, that you would want to see run for president, who would it be? See, you knew I, I had, uh, I knew you were, de- you were trashing Kanye. Now I need to know who the, the, the adverse it, to Congress. It, just, Kanye. just out of pure comedy. No, I, I can't, I can't do that, man. I, I it's too serious of a job. It um, is. It's too serious of a job, but we already know what a Dave Chappelle presidency would look like if you watch his skits and shows. If you watch the first three seasons of Chappelle's show, you already know President have Chappelle. A racial draft. Oh my God, his skits were hilarious. But uh, I, I'm not sure, man. I'm trying to think like the president needs to be smart, compassionate, understanding, got to be level headed, got to be educated. And the more I say that, the more I'm thinking it's going to be one of these talk show host type people, you know, that everybody likes. Just we need a straight up middle of the road. I got two people in mind. Who you got? Because I got nobody. I, I got two people in mind. Right. It could be either The Rock, because, you know, hey, the slogan is right there. He's the people's champ. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, I, like I like The Rock. Yeah. Or Denzel Washington. Denzel, Denzel just knows how to talk to everybody. Then you gotta have Morgan Freeman as VP because Morgan <laughs> yes. do the press conference and there calm everybody down, no matter yep. what was going on. But there I really go. just think America needs a boring ass president that know what he's doing. I don't even want to see him. I don't want to hear from him. I just want you to read your daily briefings and run the country, and we'll do sports, and he does that, and let's get somebody who at least been around for a little bit. None of this, oh, because I mean, you got to think about the lunacy of it all. Oh, if yeah. you're going to have open heart surgery, oh, this is a guy we pulled in off the street. Does he have a medical degree? No. Does he have any medical experience at all? No. But we're going to let him open you up and mess around with your heart and see how that goes. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. We're talking about yeah. Kanye and TV stars. And, and, and then, you know, you look at the other countries, the other countries looking at America like America on that stuff right now. They, yeah, need, they, need, they, they just they looking at America like, man, I ain't know America was gonna start, you know, doing drugs. I'm gonna pray <laughs> for them. Hope they get in rehab, get right, and get send us somebody we can talk to and negotiate with. Cause I got friends in Europe and they're like, you're they're like, you're kidding me, right? And I was like, no, that's the that's our president right now. They're like, how did that happen? I said, bro, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, know. who who knows? Who knows? Yeah, uh, it, it is what it is, man. I I he can't be all bad. I'm not one of those people that says everything a president does is right or wrong or bad or whatever. Just because I don't like a person doesn't mean they're 100% bad. But <clears throat> given everything we've been talking about with the pandemic and, and racial strife, having a calming voice and yeah. showing some leadership, that's probably what a good president would be doing right now, whether he was Republican or Democrat, just come yeah. out and do some old Baptist preacher type stuff and get everybody on the same page and get everybody calming down and working together. And uh, I mean, cause that's what people do within their families. You know, that's what people do within their communities. They try to yeah. strive for the common good. So yeah, maybe we do need a guy that's a little bit better at giving speeches. You yeah. know, who knows? America who knows? needs a cheerleader right now. That's all that's they need. Press somebody to come out and just cheerlead every day. I thought Cuomo did a decent job with his press, but they all were doing all the governors and were doing their little press briefings every day. And I just started tuning a lot of it out. But, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all, I mean, everybody can look good or bad on a given day. You know, you need somebody that's going to give a little bit of consistency to that office. Cause you need that very much. So, and However, uh, more importantly than anything, you do need somebody that's going to unify the, the mass population, not select outlets of it. But we got to look at it this way, Saul. And I know you, you know, we may have glossed us or we weren't thinking about this, but 
Yeezy as president mean that the first lady, <laughs> you see, that's gonna get him some votes right there. Oh my gosh, could you have could you imagine? Lord have mercy. Oh my goodness, kicking they it with first, the Kardashians, White House style. Come oh on now, Lord, they're gonna be they're oh. gonna be at the White House on Snapchat. Instagram, all the national, all the national secrets gonna be on display. The Kardashians. Yeah. Some people will vote for him just to try to get the Kardashians in the White House so they can keep the TV show, and everybody <laughs> gonna know all the country's business. Oh my goodness! Oh well, I think I think we're in agreement that uh, we don't want to be that guy. We don't want Kanye to be the president. <laughs> And speaking of don't be that guy, we have led to our, our final segment of the evening. Don't be that guy. I got a couple for you, Corey. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this uh, kind of trend. It's a challenge where people like to take a, a, a can of beer on top of a basketball, drop it, and as soon as the, the beer hits the basketball, it bounces, you got to try and catch it and drink it, right? Well, this young lady, who's my first don't be that girl, didn't do so well. Yeah, not not so hot. Not so hot there. That's not good. But I will tell you this. I'm pretty sure her blood alcohol content was already affecting (laughs) her equilibrium before she attempted all that. So the stumble plus the fall, I'm going to deduct a little because I'm pretty sure she was faded. Pretty sure. She might have been faded. However, there's no reason why you should be stumbling that bad that fast out of the box. I don't drink. I've never been drunk. I've seen a lot of drunks fall. I've helped a lot of drunks get up. Shout out to the 94 Wildcats. But we'll talk about that later. And it's a crazy thing because you'll see drunk people just swaying back and forth. And you can tell they're faded. And you're wondering, like, if I just push them a little bit. But, you yeah. know, obviously she was with friends. She felt safe. She did a little trick. It didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, that's a bad stumble. When the head gets ahead of you and you start going, it's, you're about to go down. So. Uh, you know, obviously all the way across the country. That, that, that was one pool mishap. But this one coming up, oh, man, it was, it was far worse. Uh, a lot of people out there in the country having a good time on the 4th of July. Uh, but this person, unfortunately, should not have been having a good time on the 4th of July because uh, she just she shouldn't have done what she did. Oh, no. As you can see, she hits oh. the awning on the way down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, when, when, go ahead. Now, uh, to her credit, she's still cheering and stuff. But as we watch this replay, homeboy to her left is like, "Oh, I got this. You ready to go?" Sure. She stops. Ooh, I. Classic thing, rule in sports: when you hesitate, you lose your advantage. And she got right up to the edge of the roof, and she hesitated, <laughs> lost her momentum. And then secondly, I really fault the dude she was with. Because first of all, that's a lot of trust. So obviously somebody she knew, he talked her up on the roof. Hey, let's do this. So she obviously trusts this guy. Now, if you don't know how to evaluate talent and athleticism, that's on him. I blame him for a lot of this. Because one, why would you take a girl on the roof that has no hops? If you ain't seen her hoop, if you ain't seen her do nothing athletic, and you're talking about a six to eight foot clearance, she has to jump over. 
and she ain't really showed you she got the bunnies. Like, why did you even take her up there? <laughs> like, you should have did yes. the math. Like, shorty, yeah. five foot five, 200 pounds. She got no hops. She not jumping six feet out, bro. Like, that was a whole, that was poor coaching. Yes. That was, you didn't evaluate your talent. You didn't recruit, right? You didn't, you didn't put them in good situations to be successful. That's what the greats do. You know, Dana Altman, all the coaches in the Pac-12, they take kids, they put them in good situations so they're successful. He took a girl with no hops on the roof, and it was a tragedy. <laughs> Got to set him up for, for success, not failure. Yeah, that's the whole job. That's, that's it, the whole man. reason you get a paycheck as a coach. That's make it, your kids man. successful. It's very simple. <laughs> you know, just make sure your kids, you know, look good when they go out there. That's, That's it, man. Do. That's it. Those are those are our two. Don't be that girls this week. Uh, but you know, at Corey, I, I think we're gonna start a new trend. Last week we started <laughs> off with a with a trivia uh, game called Conspiracy or Not. This week I think we're gonna introduce a new segment, um, and it's just gonna be called Tell Me Something Good. All right, Tell Me Something Good. And uh, this week's Tell Me Something Good comes at the hands of uh, Mr. James Connor, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, who finally you know after a couple years in the league. Um, has some money and wanted to do something nice for his pops, gets him a truck. And you never see the truck in this clip, I will say that. But the reaction, man, it just, you know, it, it just some, does something inside you. Take a look. Here, Pop, that's yours. You swear, Jay. It's yours. Look, it's brand new. 2020, I got you. All black, you like it? <laughs> check it out, come on. Say, <laughs> yeah. Nice. All black. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, that just makes you feel fuzzy, right? That's Absolutely. Nice. That's, That's awesome. some good quality content right there. You know, it's great, man. When you see these athletes get to a position where they can, you know, make that gesture for the people that mean the most to them. I mean, some guys, that's been motivating them since they were in junior high. I want to get mama a house. I want to get my dad a truck. And why do you go so hard? Why do you lift? Why do you play so hard? Because I got people that I want to look out for. I got people who've given me everything when I had nothing. I got people who sacrificed for me to play Little League or play, you know, Pop Warner or whatever. And when you finally get an opportunity, I mean, that's the weird thing about parents. Usually parents don't need nothing. They don't want nothing. And you almost got to force it on them. Like, mom, I know you and dad don't need them, but here, I want you to have this because this is how I feel. So watching him do that for his dad, that was awesome because his really? dad's a grown man. He probably been getting around his whole life with a car. He didn't need a truck, but it's the whole point of, you know, James wanted to express himself that way. That's awesome. I mean, we need to put more stories like that on social media these days. Those are great stories. For sure. For sure. You know, I, I could have went a, a, a many different routes this week on don't be that guy. There was a lady that absolutely lost her mind in Scottsdale at a target throwing stuff all over the place because I she didn't want her mask. Yeah, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of things like that, that, that go viral. That is just, man, it's, it's just, it's, it, it kind of just brings you down, right? It's like another blow to, to an already stressful time in our lives right now. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I think, 
changing the vibe of where how we end this show was the most important thing to me is you know we're gonna laugh we want it we want to see something cool we want to see some you know some funny sure. and then hey you know what let's let's leave some with some nice good feelings about not only life but also this show most importantly subscribe absolutely and uh and then we get out of here and that's it no, so. i think you're right unfortunately we live at a time where you know, people are going through a lot and people have weak moments where they're not at their best. And unfortunately, your weak moment can be captured and shared with the world and go viral. And it has this ripple effect and it destroys, obviously, the people who probably aren't too uh, pleased with how they behaved in that moment. But ultimately, it just sends that bad vibe out. So I love what you're doing. I'm all about positivity. I think that's great. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you joining us today on the Total BS Podcast, man. Hey, that was a good run. Absolutely, man. And I got this custom Kobe gear on sale. I don't know how to get to us. You know, if you, if you want the Kobe throwback stuff, hit me and I will negotiate. <laughs> That's Corey Williams on uh, the Total <laughs> BS Podcast, uh, taking the place of Justin Spears, who will be back next week. Brother, I appreciate you, man. Man, thanks for having me on. I had a great time. All right, we'll see you when we see you. Peace. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us.